Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I mean, it's a two-hour show and we were filming for, I'd say, I feel like time is lost in Bachelor Land. <laughs> um, but we were probably filming for you know, five or six hours. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Wow. So it had been almost three full days without any Bachelor content. I don't know about you, but I was jonesing. It was just really like withdrawal. I just needed to see Chris Harrison's face again, you know, just get that hit. Yeah, and we did because last night was the Women Tell All, which is all about Chris Harrison, really, and his two-hour-long struggle to prevent the contestants from talking over each other, which he mostly failed at spectacularly for two hours again. So today we're going to try to recap what we managed to glean from this Women Tell All with hopefully a little or a lot of behind-the-scenes insight and a very pro-glam mindset from Marie Mathias. Thanks so much for joining us, Marie. Hi, guys. You Thank are you for having me. first contestant from RE season to be on this podcast. I feel very honored. <laughs> <laughs> We're so desperate for, like, behind-the-scenes knowledge of this season. Um, Spoiler-free, don't worry. But um, especially the women tell-all, it seems like we saw probably so little of what happened. Yeah, can you Mm -hmm. set the scene for us a little bit? Like, how long were you guys filming? How many shots of fireball were taken? Like... (laughs) Um, yeah, so we, I mean, it's a two-hour show, and we were filming for, I'd say, I feel like time is lost in Bachelor Land. <laughs> um, but we were probably filming for, like, you know, five or six hours. It was definitely, um, from what the producer said, it was definitely a longer taping than others. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's like time is lost. So, I mean, it, it, those chairs, I don't know if you guys saw, they didn't have backs, and they were very uncomfortable. Wait, they don't have backs? Uh-huh. No, they probably really. want to make sure that you like are sitting. Oh, up that and is yeah. that's my nightmare. Even being in a meeting in an uncomfortable chair for like an hour, I start to just be yeah. in pain. Yeah, you know, and then there's like you know you don't want to be slouching. Like I always slouch, <laughs> yeah. and so I was like keep you know shoulders back and just like <laughs> the whole time. So it felt like more like you know like twelve hours of filming. Oh God, yeah. Well, that sounds fun. So were there any big uh, controversies that were discussed that didn't end up making it to air? 
Um, I mean, there were some things that went on with me and the glam shaming and all of that um, that didn't make it to air. Uh, besides that, I, uh, Annalise's bumper car trauma was discussed. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, that didn't make it to air. But, I mean, I think you guys got most of, like, the good, juicy parts of it. So Yeah. I was thinking we might get some Annalise stuff, but I guess they had to save time for Crystal. all of the promos at the end, oh, which yeah. ended and up taking like 15 minutes. Movie tie-in. Yeah, I'm like, guys, stop. On earth? stop. Um, so wait, so we did see a little bit of the glam shaming being addressed. Do you think mm. there was uh, anything about it that you didn't that you didn't get off your chest um, in what aired? I mean, you guys saw on you know, on the show that it was really hard for me to get a word in. It was just everyone kind of, you know, talking over me. And and um, for me, it wasn't just like I'm not trying to make glam shaming a huge thing. It just kind of became this thing. The words came out of my mouth, you know, like on the show. And um, really, that was the only way that I could describe what was happening or going on in that in that moment. Um, but for me, I think it was just like what I wanted to address was that I don't feel like people, you know, give like everyone an equal opportunity. And that's basically the issue that I had on the show, Um, especially, you know, with Ari. Like I felt like there were so many times where he brought up, you know, like he brought up the compass and then he was like, oh, well, like how long would it take you? I told him, like, you can ask me anything. And he was like, oh, like how long would it take you to get ready for a hike? That's and I was the like, one question. The hard-hitting he had. questions. <laughs> yeah, you know. So I just felt like it was like, uh, like you know, why don't you just try to get to know me and like you know, like and not be focused on this this thing that happened. So, I mean, that's basically the premise of it all for me. I just want people, you know, to feel. I like people to feel included. I I even like you know on the show. You know, there were times where Crystal was getting ganged up on and I would say, hey, guys, just like let her talk and like let her, you know, say her her piece. And um, so for me, it's like I hate if anyone, including myself, feels marginalized because of something as small as how they look um, or how they choose to present themselves to the world. So I think that was just the hard part for it for mm-hmm. me um, throughout the whole thing. And I know how silly glam shaming probably <laughs> sounds. <laughs> But um, gotta lean into it. Yeah. So I mean, but it's just like, you know, that's. I mean, I at the end of the day, that's basically the premise of it for me. Is just that, like, let's be inclusive. Let's all build each other up, and especially as women in this time and age, that's what we should be doing. And that's not how I felt that situation went down. Yeah. So. You know, I think that clarifies it a lot for me because obviously. Everything on the show is sort of memeified, made in, and it was kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek, lighthearted mm-hmm. moment over the credits. Uh, but you know, you you guys should who are listening should check out. Marie has a really eloquent Instagram post about Thanks. this, and clearly, you were bringing in you know a history of feeling judged for the way that you present yourself. And I think that that probably resonates with a lot of people. And I think there is a lot of pressure, this dual pressure on women to, on the one hand, you know, do self-maintenance, present ourselves in a way that is conventionally attractive. And on the other hand, then we need to look natural and we shouldn't put effort into it. And it creates a situation where women are put in an impossible position. And that's position. kind of a theme of The Bachelor, which didn't happen this season in this specific way, but it often happens where The Bachelor 
has a one-on-one that starts really early in the morning and he's like creeps into the girl's room at like 5 a.m to see what they all look like without their makeup on. And it's so transparent that that's what that whole gimmick is about. And all the girls are like, oh, no, my retainer's in. Like, I'm not wearing eyeliner. And it's just such a – I always hate that scene when they do it because it's just the whole idea that men have that, like, wearing makeup is, like, a lie and that Mm -hmm. they should get to have the girl who looks like she's wearing makeup, but she never takes any any time to get ready and, like – it's this, yeah, it's like this impossible situation that you're put into. And it's actually funny because, uh, like, I would get this from some of the girls in the house, you know, because, yeah, of course, when we would go on dates or cocktail parties or rose ceremonies, I'm in a gown. So it'd be weird if I showed up with, like, no makeup on, you know. <laughs> um, but, like, some of the girls would say, walking around the house, I wouldn't have makeup on or in the morning in the kitchen. And they'd be like, oh, my God, I thought you were going to be so ugly without makeup. And... You're actually really cute without makeup. And I was like, oh, like, okay. It's not that, you know, it's not that I feel like I'm hiding my face or anything. I mean, I have posts on Instagram without makeup on, you know, and it's just, yeah, sometimes if that's the way you want to express yourself, then do it. And I don't like, you know, for example, like Becca has short hair and like that's her choice. And I feel like that's so empowering and whatever your choice is, be empowered and feel good in it. And I don't I don't feel like, you know, there should be this backlash of how you choose to present yourself. If you want to, like, you know, dye your eyebrows pink and that makes you feel good, oh do it. I actually really want to see that now. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a I feel good like that look. would be in, like, some fashion spread and it would look real good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, do yeah. it. <laughs> um, so let's dive in a little bit to... Our, our narrative of how this unfolded, which um, obviously we meet the the girls who are going to be there. There are 18 women. Uh, Marique is one of them. Olivia, Jessica, Jenny, Lauren G, Lauren S, Annalise, Brittany T, Jenna, Ashley, Crystal, Jacqueline, Caroline, Bibiana, Chelsea, Becca M, Cian, and Tia. And usually we have the woman who gets kicked off in tonight's episode, but because they switched the order... We, right, there's no yeah, there's fantasy no suite. Fantasy suite elimination before women tell mm-hmm. all. So um, I don't even know where to start it here. Was, it was very hard was to follow. Lot. It really devolved very quickly <laughs> yeah. into like a couple sort of clustery conversations. Um, <laughs> Tia and Becca sort of have a little exchange about um, how Tia talked to Ari about Becca's age on their group date. Um, and that conversation I really didn't enjoy. I felt like that was really uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and I really, so Tia and Becca M are actually two of my favorite women on the show. Like I've really enjoyed both of them. And I just generally hate watching women yell at each other on TV. It's like very unpleasant (laughs) as a viewer. It makes me feel kind of icky inside, um, you know, I enjoyed the latter half of the show where there were exchanges with Ari a lot more because it just and, and, you know, I feel like a lot of this is that and correct me if I'm wrong, Marie, but that everyone is sort of riled up and kind of told to, like, make your point, get some time. And and that comes There's across. Definitely a, lot, a lot of emotions building up to that, you know, because a lot of us haven't seen each other since the taping of the show. Um, you know, some time has passed and we watch the episodes. And so. I mean, yeah, you know, for me, 
for example, Crystal, I did not know we I had no idea that she was saying these things in her interviews. I don't think any of us did. And I think that's why we were all so just taken back by it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of emotions that are kind of just like at that at the surface and they kind of just come up when, you yeah. know, when you're in that environment. in that environment. Yeah. Have you kept in touch with anyone like during the airing of the show that you met? Yeah, so we actually all have a group chat. So we chat, um, and the people that I'm probably the closest to uh, post-show are, well, Mikkel and I live like 15 minutes away from oh, each man. other. Oh, that's so yeah. nice. So, you know, we'll see each other. Uh, she'll come over to my house. Oh, yeah, why and... wasn't she there at the tell-all? I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was surprised like, to see her. It's probably the... like seven women who aren't still on the show weren't there, mm-hmm. I guess. So Yeah, so yeah. I, they obviously can't have everyone on, so... Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sienna and I are really close. At, I, she's she probably she's probably one of my besties from the show. Um, Ashley and I are are close, and you know, I mean, overall, like I I feel like you know, like I was I'm in New York. I so I, I see Jacqueline when I'm here. I wherever I am, I kind of see the girls. Um, so overall, I feel like you know most of us are friends and and have stayed in touch since the show. So, but there are things that you end up seeing unfolds from filming that you didn't know about at the time and it's like yeah reframes mm-hmm. how things played out in the house yeah and it's hard too because you know you want to try to separate yourself from that situation because it is in the past and it is such a unique experience that you go through with these women that you just kind of automatically bond no matter what um but yeah it is hard sometimes to see someone you know saying you know calling you a see you next tuesday and yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll get to that yeah um, um i think i I do want to say, like, Becca and Tia's right. conversation was that they have another conversation later that we'll also get to, which went better. But it seemed like Becca came in sort of prepared to clap back, but her prepared clapbacks were so cruel <laughs> that I, it, it seemed disproportionate. To me. Um, she sort of says that she has been in love with men who treated her like a queen, and Tia's only been with men who treat her like shit. So Tia is the one who doesn't have enough experience to be in a relationship. I thought that was kind of victim blamey and hurtful. Um, I understand that why Becca has every right to be upset with what Tia did, but that seemed below the, the wrong way to respond. Yeah. Again, the later conversation felt productive, and this, yeah. it's just, yeah, you, you. Take away your own credibility, I think, when you hit someone in that way. Um, yeah. You know, having bad relationships in the past is not an indication of your worthiness for totally. good relationships in the future. Yeah. yeah, I did feel like that was insensitive. And I remember thinking I, I was shocked when when I heard it come out of Becca's mouth, actually. Um yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, experiences experience, and sometimes the harder experiences are the ones that lead you to grow the most. So, you know, maybe being with someone where things are perfect, uh, you know, doesn't give you as much experience or growth or insight as being with someone where it was a harder relationship. So, yeah, I did feel like that was insensitive. And um, and I could tell in that moment that it did hurt Tia's feelings because she was yeah. kind of speechless and she was kind of like, uh, you know, like, what do I say back to that? Because, you know, that's kind of out of her control. So, yeah, I don't think that there is a good response to that. Um at that point, it's like I felt like Becca kind of had the high ground a little bit because Tia was the one who talked about Becca to Ari and then Becca seeded it. So I'm like, OK, 
if I'm Tia, I'm not going to say anything now. There's yeah. nothing I can say that will make it better. But it is always just because in a lot of ways, Becca is very mature and empathetic. And then every now and then we'll just let loose with something like that. Or mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Um, she also then brings in Crystal, who wasn't even part of the conversation, um, and says Crystal is less prepared to be in a relationship than her. Like, it was just <laughs> like, a bad just, start to the to night. You didn't need to go to any of those places yeah. to make your point. Um, and yeah. then Crystal takes the hot seat for oh, some for real so Crystal long. time. <laughs> she, um, did she ever once apologize during this no. time? There was such a lack of self-awareness displayed by everything she says. And, you know, I do have some empathy for her. I have empathy for being put in a situation like The Bachelor where people don't know how they're going to react. It's Mm -hmm. a very weird situation. Mm -hmm. And of course, in your in the moments, you know, you're being asked leading questions. You might make a joke that's then played very earnestly with weird music over it. You come off horribly. But at the end of the day, you need to own your shit a little bit. And I did not feel Mm -hmm. like she did. Yeah. I think that was kind of our biggest gripe with Crystal was that just own it. You know, you, maybe you said some really nasty things about us and we all saw it on national television. <laughs> but just come on here and just say, you know what? I'm sorry. I was in a bad place. And I, you know, I like take a- accountability for that. And right. I think that's all we were really looking for from Crystal because I don't I feel like that situation definitely brought out a side of Crystal that maybe she wasn't even aware of. Um, I don't know that she's this awful person in real life. I, I, I don't think so, but obviously, you know, I only saw her in that isolated incident. Yeah, it's hard to know. <laughs> it's hard to know what people are yeah. like in real life compared to on the show, especially when we only see, even when you're there, there are things happening that you don't see, and then you mm-hmm. see some of them later. Um, like the, we didn't see the full extent of that conversation um, that she had after the bowling date when she was in her bathrobe. We saw little clips I of can't it believe they didn't. earlier, and we saw more this time in which apparently she calls the other women C-words, and she calls Ari a needle dick, a needle dick like seven <laughs> times. Which is a hilarious insult. Like, where did that come from? Why was that the choice? Like, and she called him a fancy pants. <laughs> 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 She dates men. She doesn't date fancy pants. (laughs) Which I was like, I don't know. I kind of like fancy pants. Yeah. 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 Like, if you don't want a fancy pants, pants, leave him for me. (laughs) I'll take him. him. (laughs) So funny. What was it like watching that clip? Because that hadn't been aired previously, right? That that wasn't aired. And it probably wasn't bleeped for you guys. It was not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, gosh. I feel like I had a lot of. I wanted to laugh, to be honest. Yeah. I really did. But I didn't want to seem like I was disrespecting, you know, the whole thing. But it was it's funny. It was really funny. I really like when the whole fancy pants thing I thought was hilarious. And because like, I mean, Ari does, you know, he wears like sweaters, sweater vests and stuff. And like, I would, nothing wrong with that. I, you know, like, so I was like, oh, OK. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I think. Some people are more, uh, what's the word, uncensored than others. I, I feel like people are always like, you're very proper. Did you go to etiquette school? And it's like I just kind of, I kind of, you know, think a lot before I say something. And Crystal is 
seems to be someone that kind of just says whatever she's feeling. And I don't know that that's a bad thing. Um, but when you're being mean and mean yeah yeah then it can it can definitely be it can come back to bite you in in the ass so that's kind of what happened i part of me felt like that you know private moment of anger from her quote private was almost the most authentic moment we got from her well that's the thing that i think was so frustrating for women in the house and also watching is that she performed this sort of winsome guileless childlike love for Ari and then when you see what she's really feeling it's like I wish it was Peter and he's a fancy pants (laughs) and you're like oh there's just a huge gap between how you actually feel and and how you are presenting yourself when you know that you're being Mm -hmm. filmed. I think that that often does not serve people well on this show it is almost the worst thing you can do. It's definitely I mean they they've cautioned us before they're like listen don't try and pretend to be someone you're not and don't come on here and do like an acting audition because it's going to come through and so definitely the people that seem real on the show are real and I mean obviously not everyone gets the full um, opportunity to present themselves and that sucks but I think you know the people like you know Crystal got an opportunity to show who she was and I feel like yeah, what she showed was not probably the wisest choice. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but apparently she just lost her voice uh, for a month and a half, <laughs> and there's nothing she could have done about that. Um, that was a weird conversation. Who brought that up? Someone brought up The sexy her. voice. It was Olivia, maybe? Yeah. Who, who went home night one. Yeah, brought up the fact that her voice was very... Um, different. Different from how she did it on the show with Ari. And she said, well, yeah, I did. I lost my voice. And also, of course, I talked more gently to Ari. Of course. And then, and well, then he I liked heard it. someone. He, said, yeah. he did <laughs> like it. He did like it. He I think it was Becca it. M. Was like, it's her sexy voice. Yeah. So it was a very charming moment. We all know. <laughs> um, and, I mean, Caroline straight up calls her a sociopath. Caroline was very incensed. I had, like, forgotten about the conflict with Caroline and Tia and Crystal Mm -hmm. at this point in the season. But Caroline really didn't like Crystal, and she just took this opportunity to just lay into her. Caroline had a lot of feelings. She had a lot of feelings. She also had a really good outfit on, like the white power suit. I was feeling it. (laughs) Well, I guess it was like, yeah, it was like her, like her... I mean, business suit that she wore to Women Tell All, right? Yeah, it was a power yeah. bitch outfit. Yeah, I liked it. And a crop top. It. I know. I that that is a look that I, you know, I'm I very that into. If you're a realtor, you need a lot of suits. <laughs> um, that's the main thing. Um, is there anything else that happened with Crystal um, before she talks to Ari? Just the oh yeah, she does say that she. Um, so her little brother that she talked about on the show. Um, was living uh, on uh, the street in Venice, and he watched her on The Bachelor, heard how much uh, it bothered her that he was um, not, um, that he was homeless. And so he is transitioning into... um, Into housing with her family, she said. Yeah. Which was very sweet and heartening to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's the thing with Crystal. I mean, there were moments in the house where, you know, she would try and open up. And, and I think she, she, you know, with me, she did a few times. But it's like, that's what I wish people would have seen. 
and and I wish she would have been that way with all the girls and not you know maybe you don't feel that connected to everyone in the house but more of the girls and um and even probably with Ari and and that's what's what's the hardest part about it is that you know she would share some of these things about her family life and stuff but then she would and you know you would have a, a moment of connection with her and then she would turn around and just act the same way again where she was glazed over to your feelings um so yeah I, I do I do wish that people would have seen more of that side of crystal and and I'm happy that her and her brother you know kind of fixing things for him so yeah I think that was Definitely the high point when she shared that with Ari um, in her time on the show. Um, And we got to sort of understand her a little bit better um, and why she might feel really defensive around people and feel really protective of herself. Um, But this just wasn't um, a good context for her. And I think she does apologize for not being able to see how she hurt the other women, which is a sort of tortured apology. But <laughs> She um, finally gets there. I assume she was up in that hot seat for a very long time. But, it felt you know, like it. Um, yeah, a lot of it, you know, it's a mixed bag. I was glad we got at least a couple of moments that felt authentic. But her, I think, unfortunately, her default when she feels any sort of critique is to put herself in the position of, well, this is why it was hard for me and mm-hmm. I am I'm a victim in some yeah. capacity. Um, rather than just saying, you know, the easiest way to shut down any conflict is to say, hey, you're right. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I'm sorry. And that yeah. that kind of takes all the the gas out of people's mm-hmm. anger. Yeah, it's actually a great defensive mechanism <laughs> if you want people to stop being mad at you. And, like they might not be ready yet, but they've got nothing left. So <laughs> sorry. Um yeah, and I think it's it's in a roundabout way sort of educational to watch that kind of dynamic and and identify those tendencies in yourself and be like, oh, that's why it drives people crazy when I when I do this in an argument. Um, so thank you. Yeah, if Crystal. you want to learn about yourself, go on the Bachelor. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure everyone Seriously. on Twitter will tell you all the things that are yeah. both wrong and right about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know that everyone on Twitter is correct. Yeah, so. which um, is confusing because they say contradictory things yeah. to each other all the time, but they're all they're all right. I was also glad we got a little bit of Bibiana during this time because I'd yeah. almost ha- after having watched her on Winter Games, I almost forgot about all the reasons that I really enjoyed her on on your season of The Bachelor. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the return of Bibi. She had to film two reunion shows very close together. So that must have been a lot. Yeah. (laughs) This is her full-time job now, Um, just like us. Just reflecting on her own emotions. Yeah. Um, So CN takes the hot seat next. Um, And she says that uh, the day date in Tuscany was great and then the energy really changed at night but it seemed like almost like a red herring that that weird thing that happened with Ari because she's like yeah we wouldn't have ended up together um so there really isn't much to unpack um and I always like when women kind of admit that you know get up there and say hey now that I've had some space from it and been able to see this play back like I recognize that this wasn't the relationship for me or for this guy and so it was just a matter of I when. Yeah, I definitely feel that way about him and I, um, especially like, you know, like, you know, my storyline centered on my storyline. I would want someone that was like digging deeper to get to know me. And um, there were definitely times uh, where 
myself and other women felt that way where he wasn't digging deeper to get to know us. And I think, you know, that was part of CN's, you know, story with him as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, you know. And I think also like when you talk about how he asked about how long it would take you to get ready for a hike and stuff like that. I feel like, well, for one, he never has any specific questions for the women. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, I can't ask her, tell me about yourself again. But I do know this one thing about her. But also, like, I I often take forever to get ready. And one thing I love about my husband is that I'll be like, I'm sorry, I'm almost ready. And he's like, I don't care. I'm fine. Like, mm -hmm. take as long as you need. That's what I need from a yeah. from my partner. partner is to embrace that about me. Mm -hmm. And you deserve someone who's going to embrace oh, everything you. about you. Um, so clearly Ari was not that guy. I don't, mm -hmm. um, so I really enjoyed that about CN's uh, time in the hot seat. And often there's a lot of, I feel like, expectation that they'll talk about how heartbroken they are. Um, this was not was yeah. not that, which was which was nice. You can only have so, so much of that. Yeah. Uh, and I also liked that Chris brought up, you know, the comment that she had made about not growing up, not seeing girls who look like her being mm -hmm. reflected in love mm -hmm. stories and and gave her a bit more time to speak to that. Because yeah. I think that that was one of those really important comments that Ari didn't really engage with, and that was frustrating as a viewer watching it. Mm -hmm. So I was glad we got to he go back to it. He seemed a little bit befuddled by it. He's like, what do you mean? You're um, like, oh, <laughs> you, oh, you sweet, sweet, rich white man. Um, <laughs> also, Chris asked Cian, how she how men typically handle the fact that she is so was, accomplished that was very weird and has all these amazing attributes i thought that was a very weird question yeah <laughs> I, like yes she is very accomplished and beautiful but just the way that he framed it was very odd right like if if it were a man who was very accomplished and handsome i don't think you would ever ask how do women deal with the fact that you Aren't are they intimidated? so good looking and also successful? It's yeah. so hard to find yeah. a woman who will put up with such an educated man. I think it's I think the yeah, I think it's it's very isolating to her. And, um, you know, there are tons of women out there that are beautiful, successful, amazing in their own right. And it's. It's I think, yeah, for her, it's awkward to be like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I went to a good school. I have a good job. I, you yeah. know, and, and I, you know, like I said, Sienna is one of my good friends and I think she's an amazing person. Um, so to kind of put her in that place, it's like, yeah, it's like, how do you answer that? And um, I think she handled it really well and just, you know, with she her did. response. She did so. handle it really well. And it is. It, it is sort of a weird insult to the other. Like, I look at Ari's group of women and. You are a great group of women. Just like Very the fact that he can put a label <laughs> on CN as like the one who went to an Ivy League school. That's really such a small component of who a person is. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean that she is the one who is intimidating and accomplished. A lot of the women on the show were accomplished and and awesome. So it, it does create this weird... I, don't, it seemed I feel like, like a they just wanted that, another. They yeah. wanted another storyline that was like, let's make a little thing out of how she went to Yale. Right. Like, NCN seemed to resist that characterization, yeah. that pedestal, mm -hmm. which was just kind yeah. of was like, I, you know, I think men should see it as a bonus. See everything about me as a bonus, and yeah. that was a good answer. 
Everything about everyone is a bonus <laughs> if you're looking at things the right way. Um, I love that. Yeah. I know, I, said, I, know I, I was like, I shouldn't say it, but I really want to say it. But I do love that. Yeah. It's like Ari rubbed off on me. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's okay to say it sometimes. Just maybe try to mix it up with yeah. a couple other statements now and then. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with a lot more from Marik. If you want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't, <laughs> turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite Lux home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. And their products make the perfect gifts too. I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired the robe and it is like the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives. For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code LTSI15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life. And I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. 
And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link... Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. Springtime vibes are in the air. And when you bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming, you probably want to smell the flowers, not the litter box. But thanks to Pretty Litter, you'll be able to smell those spring flowers all you want. Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odors. It's ultra absorbent, it's lightweight, low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. Pretty Litter's crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illnesses in your cat. And if all of that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. You'll never run out, you won't have huge kitty litter bags taking up space, and even better, you won't have to lug those huge tubs from the store to your car or the subway and into your house. Our producer Talon has been using Pretty Litter and he just raves about how great it is, how easy it is to scoop, how much better it smells. I mean, the health monitor aspect gives so much peace of mind. He's a big fan and we know that you will be too. Go to prettylitter.com LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. prettylitter.com slash LTSI. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, Becca takes the hot seat next. 
um, and talks about how frustrated she was about Tia's um, talking about her to Ari. She says she felt betrayed by someone that she thought was a close friend and that it was difficult that her relationship with Ari ended before it otherwise would have. Um, and she has sort of a, a more mature, I thought, conversation with Tia this time than she did the first time. Um, I think the two points about that um, exchange for me that stood out were, you know, I, I don't think I went into this whole experience saying I am not going to be that woman that talks about other women to Ari. And I stayed I stayed true to that throughout the experience. But being on the receiving end of that, it was hard. And, you know, ultimately it led to, uh, you know, mine and Ari's relationship, not, you know, be that being our theme. Uh, and so I understand Becca's frustration about that because in the house, you know, unless you have a very explicit, um, you know, argument or, you know, whatever with someone, we're all kind of friends, right? We're all roommates. We all live together. We're all dating the same guy. And so it does feel like a betrayal and I understand that part of it. But also I feel like some of the responsibility, most of the responsibility lies on Ari and Mm -hmm. it's his decision and his um, you know, like vetting process to go through to be able to discern, hey, you know, does this point actually matter or not? Because you saw that with his two-on-one with Kendall and Crystal and, you know, Crystal bringing up things about Kendall. But he was able to discern and say, no, you know what? I like Kendall and the, those X, Y, Z things don't matter to me. So um, I do feel like I understand Becca's, you know, point of view and her feelings towards it. But I also feel like she should she should, um, you know, have kind of kept it in mind that it was Ari's decision and, and like his, you know, his responsibility in it. Yeah. And I think it's pretty clear that he was going to make that decision based on her age because he had that reaction the first time she told him her age and that was coming from him. Um, And I, I'm sympathetic to that. She's right. There were other women on the show who were 23, 24, pretty close in age. But she also was pretty clear that she didn't really think she was going to get married soon, like that she or that she wasn't that sure. she was more of a risk. And that's that's also on on her. Like, that's fine. But it's also Ari's prerogative to decide to that decide he wants something, you know, safer. He wants something different. That's yeah. totally his prerogative. And I think that's sort of the point they reach when the two of them were having a conversation later on. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's it's a tough it's a tough position for everyone involved because age does play a role in the way that we view the world and the things that we're ready for. And that's not a negative, yeah. um, but it is a real thing. By the same token, I do think Becca, you know, is mature and thoughtful and generally very empathetic and obviously had a real connection with Ari. So, you know, those things yeah. can both be true at the same time. Well, yeah. he, he, I mean, she told him, her age in Tahoe on their one-on-one and then he took her all the way to Italy, right? And yeah. So I don't, I mean, I don't know that that was maybe the thing that kind of, maybe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do know that, you know, like later on in, in the show, it, you know, he does say that he wrestled with it a lot. But um, I don't think that was a thing that was like, you know, I mean, he kept her for so much longer yeah. after he knew. I think the age definitely threw him back a bit. I think that also 
like much like we see this with Kendall, he's going primarily with the people he's interested in, mm-hmm. and he keeps pushing them to sh- to reciprocate mm-hmm. and hoping to see it back. He never quite got the level of of commitment and assurance from Becca that he hoped he would get. He kept saying, you're young. I need to know that you are going to be ready for the life I want. And she couldn't really say that, which is fine. But I mean, judging from what Ari has told me about what he wants out of his life, um, and this could be different from what he's told someone else, but he told me that he wants a quiet, simple life. And I don't. Not, and I'm not saying this in a bad way. I feel like Becca has a lot of life in her and that she wants to live it, yes. which is fine. Yeah, I think yeah and, that's and great. Both, and both of those dynamics are okay, mm-hmm. but it's just like, do they mesh? Do they Absolutely. fit? Yeah. Like, I'm more on the Ari side of that. I was like an elderly person, very young. <laughs> and that's fine. I don't judge myself for that, but I'm not going to, you know, try to have a marriage with someone who wants to spend all their time like rock climbing and traveling and hanging out on marijuana farms because mm-hmm. we would definitely that's clash. That's not fair to either party. Yeah. Right? right, exactly. So everyone should get to have a relationship that makes them more themselves. Um, and Becca does have to talk about her disappearance. <laughs> and she did go after she was kicked off the show to a marijuana farm with her friends to hang out and camp for a while. Fair enough. Didn't have phone service. Her mom freaked out. When she was headed back, uh, she called her mom and found out that her mom had reported her missing the night before. I'm just confused as to how she didn't get taken off of the missing persons list. Oh, like clearly someone, her mom just didn't bother someone to call made back. A I'm there. Why her mom used a picture from when she was 15. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best we have. Yeah. I mean, Becca has like a very active Instagram presence, mm-hmm. so there's definitely something yeah. better out there. Like, also, what a amazing story, and I'm, you know, this is just really a blessing for all of yeah. us that this happened. And then her mother, who seemed lovely, got a moment in the sun with Chris Harrison on speakerphone. So yeah. everyone won. And he said, just so you know, she might be missing for another few weeks this summer. So they're cast in paradise already. <laughs> I can't think about Shocker. any more Bachelor shows right now. <laughs> yeah, I need, need a break. Um, and next, Tia gets the hot seat, which... Chris refers to her send-off as one of the most gut-wrenching moments in Bachelor history. He loves his superlatives. I don't know if I agree with that, but um, probably the the hardest goodbye of the show this season. For sure. Um, she, she still me, seems upset. got the conversation that positioned her as a potential candidate for Bachelorette, mm-hmm. you know, where they say— we, they really lean into how heartbroken she was. We saw her get emotional, which was seemed very genuine. And then, of course, Chris asks the questions that are like, but are you ready to find love again? And Would you be open to it? Do you still have a guard up? <laughs> Could you let that guard down? It's like, we, yeah, it's always we, we see this happen with a couple people um, towards the end of, of yeah. every season because – ABC likes to leave their options open. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we we don't know who it is yet. So yeah. the options are open. Race is on. <laughs> yeah. um, and finally, Ari comes out and uh, he just seems to feel fine. I felt and, like he had more personality and yeah, a little more edge up. Yeah, during this than most of his season. And I, I found myself enjoying it. Yeah. 
the bloopers too we saw more personality yeah I always feel that with the bloopers like put more of these lighthearted moments into the show and yeah. I know there's so much to get in but like apparently I, lo- he does I love it this thing where he messes up his line or like can't find the right word and he goes uh-huh. did you guys ever see that like yeah. during filming yeah, yeah. <laughs> how did you feel about that I mean, he, yeah, I feel like he gets kind of nervous. So, you know, like he would be like giving his toast or giving his speech and then he'd be like, oh, like, shoot, I messed it up. And then like we do it again. And it was like, I thought it was like fine. Like I thought it was yeah. cute. Not everyone's a public speaker, you know. So. Yeah, see, I find that kind of endearing. Yeah. It's more endearing to see the mess ups yeah. and the personality quirks. It, mm-hmm. Just like by the 17th time you've heard Mert in a row, it sounds insane. It but drills I think into I would your brain. Find it, I would find it kind of endearing. I feel like that's like a per- he like created the perfect sound for that. <laughs> situation really it's like I feel like I want to do it now but I know it really conveys that sense of not only have I run out of things to say but I'm a real moron Um, (laughs) he's definitely yeah I I don't it's funny that's what I'm saying like I don't get the fancy pants comment (laughs) um but he's definitely yeah he's like kind of like a big nerd and like kind of goofy and and I and he says that he's he owns it so yeah, you know, I, like, I just feel sad because those are things that I actually really love. And I think just the more I learn about Ari, the more convinced I am that I would like him so much more in person than I do watching yeah. him on TV. I definitely like him more now that I'm not trying to date him. So yeah. <laughs> well, we always have that advantage when yeah. it comes to The Bachelors. Um, but Ari really hasn't gotten a great cut this season. Um, and he gets... To really engage with some of the women here, um, he tells Tia just, you know, I felt like stronger toward Kendall. Sorry. Um, He talks to Jacqueline. Jacqueline sort of defends him for saying that her PhD was an obstacle. And she thinks he was very supportive of her decision. And they have a very lovely conversation. Yeah, he says that it was incredibly mature and brave for her to make the decision she mm-hmm. did. And I thought that was a really lovely exchange. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think he, he definitely has the ability to do that, uh, you know, to, to be empathetic, to be, um, you know, I guess like uh, ob- observant of girls and like notice certain things about them and pick them out. But I think the hard thing for me was that he, I feel like he should have done that for everyone and yeah. and not made it so, like, hard to talk or, you know, open up yeah. sometimes. <laughs> it does so. seem like he's not great at the kind of interaction in which he has to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Like, he would rather observe and see things or be told things mm-hmm. or um, tell his own story and then have it, you Which know. is probably why he was— he came off really charming on Emily's season because he yeah. wasn't in the position to have to be initiating those conversations mm-hmm. yeah. all the time. And he didn't have to do it on Women Tell All because it's a whole different prerogative for the show. So I think that's probably why we probably didn't mesh because I'm that way. I'm very observant. I like to take my time, figure out how I feel, and then, you know, ask a question or then say something. And it's hard when two people are, are doing, doing that. that. It's yeah. like you're just sitting there and it's like, so what do you, you know, like, what are you thinking? Like, and it's awkward. So, yeah, I think he def. I think that's, you know, part of the reason he was attracted to some of the girls with the bigger personalities in the beginning because he was warming up, easing, easing into his role. Um, and, you know, I think as the season goes on, it's easier. So. Yeah. There were the, the women who 
made more of that extroverted um, mm-hmm. play definitely put him more at ease at the beginning. Um, and he says Becca, for example, he said his heart was with Becca at the beginning. Um, Which one? Becca M. M. And we don't we don't hear, we don't anything, hear anything about, about the Becca other Becca and Becca. Lauren and uh, Kendall. And Kendall. Well, like, no, I guess Kendall gets mentioned, but Lauren yeah, and Becca don't get mentioned at, at all. all. Um, Which and yeah. she she says she wishes that he had had more faith in her and not spent so much time grilling her on whether she was ready. But that he was right, that she was more of a risk. And he says, well, you know, I was, I'm was, i ready to settle down. So I needed to know. And he also says at this point that he would have done a lot differently if he could rewind the experience of being The Bachelor. Which felt very telling. And I Caroline mean... says, which parts, Ari? <laughs> he just says a lot a of lot. things. And she then Caroline sort of takes the floor to say, this whole time you said you were here because you're trying to find a wife. I know what you did, and I don't know how you could do that. But I hope you found what you're looking for. And he starts to say, you know, that'll play out in the weeks to come. And she cuts him off and says, I don't need you to respond. I just needed to say it. And it was like cold. It was very chilly. (laughs) And a lot of people thought Caroline would be a front runner at the beginning of the season. And instead, look at where we've been. You know, she seems like a real defender of her friends. Clearly, I mean, that's what how it struck me that she's alluding to whatever the explosive finale is that Chris Harrison keeps teasing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Um, that's true. We saw it when she was on the show as well. And I think it was extremely infuriating for a lot of fans um, because she wasn't specific, but obviously she they wouldn't show her revealing that because it has to do with the the final results. I saw so. an interview with her, I think, on the red carpet from Women Tell All, where she said that she had gotten permission to make that comment. Yeah, that makes sense. But like, it, yeah, it doesn't really give anything away. And now everyone, I'm sure, is very excited to watch the finale. I'm very um, excited. Me too. <laughs> Same. Um, can't wait. Crystal gets her turn, and she asks to join Ari on the couch, which is a power move. I loved but that. Actually. I know. I mean, it really—I think it was— It's very on brand for Crystal. Very on brand for Crystal. I think it also maybe wasn't the wisest move because once she was up there, it kind of opened the field up to this really quick back and forth mm-hmm. that she—that he was more prepared for than her. Mm-hmm. And she ended up, I think— kind of losing that interaction and mm-hmm. in to put it in a in a more competitive sense but she tells him their goodbye felt cold to her which and yes. it did <laughs> and he says in a way looking back now I feel like it was pretty appropriate and it sucks to see how you actually were compared to how you were with me um maybe I dragged things on longer than I should have and that got a lot of cheers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was clearly very ready to knock Crystal back a little bit. Um, I mean, I would imagine he gave her a very long leash on the show and then seeing yeah. everything play back. Yeah. And he hadn't even seen—I love that she was sort of 
almost apologizing for the needle dick comment. Yeah, he hadn't I was gonna even say seen she called it. him a needle dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he hadn't even seen that yet. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, God. Well, she says, you know, she tries to defend herself by, again by saying she was just very upset and it was clipped for the show. And he says, well, but it shows a real side of you. And she said, well, I felt like you were dangling a carrot and then you just took it away. Um, and I love her, like, I don't know, like, her references, fancy pants, needle dick, dangling a carrot. Like, I just feel like these references are so amazing. I know. She has a very colorful set of um, metaphors <laughs> at her disposal. And uh, and she's like, I was just mad. I said things. We all just say things when we're mad. And Chris says he doesn't know about the needle dick comment. <laughs> so now he does, presumably. Um and finally, Crystal says, I just want you to know that I was there for you. And he's like, whatever, basically. He's like, sure. <laughs> Thanks. You could just tell that he's like, I, I'm done with you. Yeah. <laughs> this is over. I mean, I'm glad he took the the responsibility of, like, I I drug this out longer than I should have. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that's kind of what I said in my exit interview. I was like, you know, I hope he doesn't make the, the wrong choice and get his heart broken. Um. As far as her, like, going up on the couch with him, I feel like that was – I feel like that's how the interactions should go. I think it's yeah. very, uh, like, weird to be sitting on the stage and then talking to him. So much distance. It's so yeah. much distance. And I think, you know, with The Bachelor, I feel like it's very – you know, there's a lead. He's the lead. Um, but, I mean, you're dating after all, and you really want to be able to connect with someone. And I and having that distance or having that role of like you're the lead and and I feel like it can create some weirdness in the relationship or like you know like you're trying to form a relationship and you feel like all the power is um you know one one person has all the power Mm -hmm. so I I kind of liked that I feel like she kind of took the power back and was like hey like I'm an equal and I like I can come and talk to you on the couch yeah even though I do agree you know the whole like exchange was not great for her (laughs) I mean what I think is interesting is they definitely seem to want to keep it moving along with these uh, earlier women they want it to be like um, you can ask a question, but as long as we keep you over there, it's hard to get into a real back and forth exchange. Mm-hmm. And that is a, it's not equal. It's not very empowering to the women. Mm-hmm. And then finally, a woman gets up on the couch and she's the last woman who should really want to have an extended exchange because <laughs> yeah. that goes really badly for her. Because she called him a needle dick. Yeah. Right? Like there's just no way to salvage that. Um, some things just can't be unsaid. Mm-hmm. Um but, I mean, I enjoyed watching it. Um, so thank you, So did Crystal. I. Thanks, Crystal. Um, I think Crystal kind of does and says some of the things that maybe, like, you know, some, uh, some other people want to do or say or, or think. So, you know what? Like, I don't know. I feel like. I don't remember. Were you on the bowling date? I was. You was. So you, you were. So you were. <laughs> you was. You were. So you were on the, the van on the way back where she went on I was so I was on I was on the other team and so we went in a different van oh. um so we had it I hadn't really seen or heard what was really said there was no footage of that van ride no it's just so sad it's very sad I wish like someone would have just like got it on their phone or something because <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it would have no been interesting because I've heard is it true that she went on a whole rant about how um he wasn't Peter <laughs> Hashtag not um, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so she says also on uh, Women Tell All that she was talking with someone else who was also upset when we see that video of her through the window 
sort of calling Ari a needle dick. Um, was that, do you know if that was another contestant or was it a producer? Um, it was another contestant. Mm. <laughs> that other person didn't seem her level of upset. But I don't, but yeah. I think she was just talking at them. Yeah. Like, it wasn't right. an exchange. I don't think the other person was chiming in and saying, yeah, he has a needle dick. <laughs> yeah. His dick is so narrow. Um, I mean, it's one of those things, too, is that she has no credibility because we have seen her make claims about conversations that we witnessed that are extremely misleading. So um, I don't have any reason now to believe the way she characterized that. But uh, to believe that he's a needle dick or uh, to believe that there was another person talking to her who was also affirming what she, affirming was, saying. What she was saying. Oh, I mean, that's the thing. I, I, I feel like sometimes... Uh, like, she doesn't understand if someone is, like, affirming or not. Like, mm-hmm. I think in her mind she's like, oh, they're listening to me, so they are affirming. But you're just actually just listening. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously yeah. I wasn't there, but I don't think that other person was aff- affirming anything. Yeah. yeah, that was my Well, everyone takeaway. else went on the date um, after that and seemed fine. So they managed that. Um, and then we get to the bloopers, which we've – sort of discussed. Um, we also find out that Jenny told Ari he has no butt at all. <laughs> that was a really winning exchange, I thought. I have to say every exchange very, we see yeah. between them is so weird. They have a very weird or had a very weird relationship. It seems very like little sisterly yeah, but with not a weird romantic. sexual vibe. Like, no. It's like what if I teased my brother but in a sexual way is what it feels like. It's very funny to watch. Yeah, so uh, Jenny actually had – well, it's actually really funny. So Jenny had um, like these like fake like bud pads that she brought just like as a joke. <laughs> and then Lauren B brought a – you guys saw it in the bloopers where they're dancing with them on. Um, oh, oh, I missed that. that. That's so funny. Yeah, so they like so they had brought like these fake butts, and so it like became a thing. Like we would walk around and like wear it in the house and stuff. And I mean, she did tell us like you know before that rose ceremony, um, she was like, I call, I told him he has a flat ass. So <laughs> she should have like, brought the butt pads for him yeah, as a gift. Yeah, it so. also probably makes him more comfortable to sit down. Like it's a multi-purpose gift. Um, and we see, uh, Bibiana eating a huge burger. That might have been my favorite moment of the whole night. Me too. What a hero. Just because mm-hmm. I really wanted it. Also, how does one get... You guys don't have In-N-Out in New York, right? No. No. Yeah. No, it's it a West Shake Shack. Yeah. It was In-N-Out? Yeah. <laughs> did they, like, go out to get that for her, or did, were you all given In-N-Out that night? Yeah, so, so yeah, sometimes we'd get stuff brought in, and it was In-N-Out that day. So. That's a great day. It oh was a God. good day, <laughs> yes. She looks like she's having fun with it. Um, and uh, suddenly, we move into the promos, which I refuse to talk about in order to not play into this whole thing. No, stop doing these really transparent, annoying movie tie-ins, ABC. Just yeah. stop it. Especially it's to so, promote a movie about parents trying to prevent their daughters from having consensual sex, which is weird. <laughs> and Very weird. Very not timely of the moment. Feels pretty retrograde. But I'm not going to say the name of the movie. Don't go see it. <laughs> and, uh, and we kind of end on that point. And... Uh, Tomorrow night, fantasy suites. Right, and we so. just the the credits 
gets a really beautiful mashup of Ari just eating on screen. Yeah. I mean, on camera constantly, which was great. Yeah. I. That's actually funny. I asked one of the girls in the house because I never saw him eating. I was like, does he eat? And, like, what what does he look like when he eats? Because, <laughs> like, I feel like that makes a difference. I'm a big eater. So, like, I want someone that's, yeah, like. Yeah, this guy has got to <laughs> be a foodie a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I was actually really happy to see that. Yeah. That he eats. Yeah, he actually has eaten a lot on dates. It's become a running theme. Well, Lauren S. was, you know, she, she had expressed, like, she was like, I feel like, you know, he, like, people were saying, like, oh, he eats on dates when he's not interested. But he's he was kind of just eating the whole time. So yeah. she, was, she was really happy to see that. I think they cut like, it, it together that me. way yeah. to yeah. make it seem like he was really bored on the date. But it seems like he really goes after the food in every possible context. I respect context. it. I really yeah. respect yeah. that. We get, you know, sometimes there's really good food, and I don't know. You can't resist. Yeah. So. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, able be able to. to. I'd be no. like, what? You've set this entire meal in front of me, and you don't like, want me like to eat it? It's like dangling a carrot in front yeah, of me. Yeah, that is the accurate metaphor. <laughs> it's like, I feel like you just dangled a carrot, and you just, you just took it away. Um, so looking back on this experience, um, what are, are, are there any big takeaways for you? Yeah, I mean, overall, it's definitely a learning experience. You learn a lot about yourself, and it's such a unique experience that I I feel like, you know what, I'm grateful for in a sense because, I mean, there is heartache and things that come along. You know, obviously, there's the social media stuff that comes along, and some of it is really positive and great, and then some of it isn't. So, um, you know— with all of that being said, I do feel good about the experience. I feel like I made so many amazing friends. I feel like I gained a lot of like knowledge about myself and, you know, being put into this unique situation, you, you, you don't have a phone, you're not with your friends and family. You are, you know, just kind of left to your own thoughts and it really helps you collect them and, and, you know, makes you know make something of them um besides that I mean I think the, the hardest part for me has been you know going home um I kind of felt like I I knew it was same as Sian I knew it wasn't going to work out with Ari I knew that you know he wasn't my guy and that's okay um and I was you know still very grateful for the experience um but I think the hardest part for me was that I wanted to go on the show and and, you know, find love, but also have America get to know me and represent a group of women um, kind of like CN did and, you know, show people that interracial relationships are okay, show people that, you know, no matter what you look like, how you choose to present yourself, um, you know, your age, it doesn't matter. You can find love and you're worthy of that. So um, I hope that, you know, I, I I showcased that as much as I possibly could. Um, I hope to continue to do that post-Bachelor. And, um, you know, that's basically like all I can ask for is that people take away that message and, um, you know, girls out there and, and guys out there um, feel included and feel worthy and um, continue to, like, strive for whatever, whatever it may be. If that is that fairy tale love story or that job or... Going to Yale, you know, I feel like I hope that people, uh, you know, di- you know, me, you know, minorities and everyone else feels like 
I can do this. And um, yeah, you know, I hope yeah. that that's what came across and, and continues to be, you know, my story. So absolutely. Yeah. As, as Ari would say, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, you know, one of the things that always is most frustrating about women tell all, but especially this season is it is all often focused on the women fighting each other. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was such a great group of women. Um, and you guys were so much fun to watch. Thanks. And, um, do you think you would ever go on another bachelor show? I never say never, <laughs> but, um, like I said, it is definitely an emotional ride. So you have to you know, really mentally prepare yeah, yourself. Yeah. So, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, yeah. Whatever the future holds, I'm I'm open for it. And yeah, I do want to go back to just what you were touching on. Obviously, this show has received a lot of criticism for how whitewashed it traditionally is. <laughs> Was that a consideration that you had uh, when you decided to go on the show as a woman of color? What do you mean? Like, consider like was that something that gave you pause or was it something that you feel like you you took, you know, had to take an extra beat to really think about? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I didn't watch much of the show before going on. So I watched half of Nick's season, which, you know, Rachel was one of the front runners. Right. And I, wa I kind of started watching where it was like, you know, they were going to to hometowns and fantasy suites. And um, and then after that, I watched paradise and uh the bachelorette of course where it was very diverse so i actually feel like i had this skewed perception of it probably yeah. going into it i had no That's idea really interesting. and uh i feel like you know i definitely lost that innocence post show and kind of realizing you know the past seasons weren't as diverse so um yeah i mean i mean in retrospect i do feel like that was, you know, something that I should have considered. But like I said, I had a different perception of of what it was because I did see Nick have Rachel as, you know, one of his front runners and then Rachel being the Bachelorette. And then obviously her season was very diverse. The men were very diverse. Um, and I felt like Bachelor in Paradise was also diverse because of Rachel's season. And um, so, yeah, I, I mean, not that I have a, a pause or that I have, you know, any like negative feeling toward it now I do feel like it's it's going back to what I said it's like that inclusiveness and and feeling you know feeling comfortable I guess in that situation um I definitely have gotten a lot of girls reach out to me um, and guys actually reach out to me and say you know what thank you so much for going on the show I've never seen an Indian or Pakistani person on here before um, and, and they're like, you know, it, it encourages me to be able to go and do a show like this. And I mean, that's all I can, I, I can take away from it. And I hope that, you know, me going on there and, and being, I guess, naive to what it was, <laughs> um, you know, I hope that it, it helps other people feel, feel good to go on. Well, it just goes to show really how starting those precedents is so important in mm -hmm. diversifying a show like The Bachelor. Like it's, I think, must be very discouraging for people of color to have seen just these very whitewashed um, seasons with these sort of a tokenism but, if there's any presence. But then when you get a season like Nick's and then Rachel's, it creates this sense of like, this is a show for me too and for um, not just for blonde, white people um <laughs> yes and uh and, and that's hope, really cool 
that is very cool. And I hope that we'll get to see you, you know, on our screens again. And either way, we hope to have you back on the podcast next time you're in New York. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Back anytime. (laughs) And in the meantime, um, where can people find you on social? So my Instagram, Twitter um, are both at Marrow's World. It's M-A-R-O-O-S World. Um, I have a Facebook, but I don't ever go on it. (laughs) Um, Who does these days? Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Um, Well, thanks again for being here. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guest, Marik Mathias, and of course, our producer, Nick Offenberg. If you haven't yet, remember to find Here to Make Friends on Apple Podcasts to subscribe and give us a rating. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Please like us there. And it is a big week for us. Emma's (laughs) book um, is coming out tomorrow. And... If you haven't pre-ordered it, uh, you can still pre-order it today, or you can just order it tomorrow. (laughs) We're very excited. Um, You can also find us both on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. Or, of course, you can send us an email at heretomakefriends at huffpost.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about fantasy suites. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. (laughs) AutoTrader.